You are listening to Digging In Podcast, presented by Rooted Wealth Advisors. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to another episode of the Digging In Podcast, presented by Rooted Wealth Advisors. I'm your host, Kencho Kelly, helping you answer all those questions to and through retirement. And today, I'm joined by my man, back by popular demand, John Severino. How you doing, buddy? Hey, I'm feeling pretty good. I'm feeling really good, actually. So I'm excited to be back. Uh, got some awesome feedback on the last episode. So uh, excited to, to speak to, to more questions and concerns that you have to bring me today. Hey, that's awesome. Happy Cinco de Mayo, by the way. Did you get your tacos today? Yeah, yeah. Actually, the boss man, Mr. Zach Gray, uh, ordered in some tacos and uh, you know, Carly and I were even nice enough to share it with with our attorney team uh, that we share an office and have uh, retainership with. So they were pleasantly uh, surprised, but but very you know genuinely happy and, and thankful. So uh, it's been a good day. It's been a great day. That is really cool. So a few things have happened since the last time we had a chance to talk, at least yeah. on the on the podcast, right? So you are full time taking care of Champagne and Bloomington clients now, right? Yes, uh, that is 100% correct. For those that maybe do not know, uh, I've actually relocated to Champaign, uh, you know, very, very recently. So and it's been, uh, it's been quite an adjustment, but um, uh, I feel so privileged and thankful to, to be in the position that I'm in. I love, you know, the Champaign and Bloomington communities. I'll always have my roots, you know, specifically in Ashcombe and in Bourbon A. And, um, you know, I'll always spend time up there, but, uh, it's been, it's been a great couple months since I've been down here. So, well, the hair's looking fresh. So you must've found a new barber. <laughs> I got some flyaways. I mean, well, you know, a couple weeks overdue. Hey, Hey, looking good. Looking good. Hey, I wanted to, um, start off asking you about the stock market. I know when we've done events, uh, you've gotten peppered. It seems like every time we're out about like, Hey, what do you think about the stock market? Hey, it's gone down. Hey, is this the worst start ever? I just wanted to give you like, Hey, this is your chance. Now that the first quarter's over of 2022, what have you seen? What's kind of caused some issues? Um, and, and where do you think we go from here? Okay. Uh, we're going to get into the weeds. So I'll back you, the bus. You always up to get like, into the weeds. <laughs> true. True. So I'll back it up to like November, you know, back in November, you know, Zach, Jackson, Joe, uh, really the whole advisory team, you know, we, we were guessing that interest rates were going to be rising exponentially, you know, that we haven't seen in a very long time, you know, inflation, we, we knew at that point, it was at a very high point and was kind of continuing to become higher. So, you know, at that point, we were making a lot of changes uh, for our clients and their portfolios, becoming a, a lot more value driven, um, taking a, a lot less long term intermediate bond exposure in those different portfolios. Uh, and it played out pretty well, right? But so year to date, we are um, in one of the top six or seven worst year to date starts uh, in stock market history. And um, that can be really uh, unnerving for a lot of investors, especially if you're nearing retirement or in retirement, you know, and I think um, the irony behind that or what makes that even more uncertain for a lot of folks is that the bond market's doing just as bad as the equity market, which we haven't seen in 30 years. Traditionally speaking, you know, equities and bonds are going to have an inverse relationship. Uh, you know, that bond portfolio or that 60-40 that split will, will provide 
some stability in a down, down, an equity down market. Uh, you're not seeing that today. So identifying where that opportunity is at, um, you know, a few months ago and even today is just of the utmost importance and not panicking, right? Because when we, when we panic and begin to make emotionally uh, driven decisions, that usually does not play out um, well, right? So like having a plan, I think, uh, is really, really important for these types of situations. But um, I think today, like what I'm looking at, right, where I would want to be is like fundamentally, if I'm in individual equities, fundamentally sound, uh, value-driven companies is extremely important. What I mean by fundamentally sound is, you know, who's not leveraging a lot of debt, right? Because as interest rates rise, uh, that debt's going to cost a lot more. And I'll explain further here in just a second. Uh, but just healthy balance sheets, really good revenue, really good income that if this is to kind of go another two or three years, that at the end of the tunnel, they're still going to be there, right? That company is going to be there. Um, if I think bonds are still important to have as a piece of a portfolio, but I would be looking at more short-term um, type bonds or short-term treasury bonds. I would be avoiding uh, very long-term bonds unless our time horizon is significantly further uh, because I do think as interest rates continue to rise that you're going to see over the next three to six months further volatility uh, in the bond market, specifically intermediate and long-term. Uh, and then just identifying these different sectors that you can still find some value in. Um, I believe that financials are a place to be to be looking at. And what do I mean by that? Banks, institutions, because whether we like it or we don't, as interest rates rise, those profit margins actually rise for them too. So as you know, Q2 and Q3, Q3 earnings uh, are released, those will look good for those companies. Utilities, I still think there's a lot of opportunity in utilities. Uh, consumer defensive, like we still have to buy the cleaning products, food, things of that nature. Like those are a good place to be from an equity uh, type position. But I'm not a fear monger or doom and gloomer, but I think anyone that thinks this is behind us, you know, you're, you're probably mistaken. And I think we're in for some volatility in the short term, uh, definitely. But fun fact that I just read a couple of days ago, um, there was a chart, right? And I, I uh, this could be misspoken, so full disclosure, right? But so we're off to one of the worst year-to-date starts in, in stock market history in, in 100 years. And um, out of those, I think it was six, so out of six, five out of six times when we're off to a worst year-to-date start history, we've actually closed positive. Now, I'm not saying that's going to happen, but I do find that very intriguing, you know, when you when you describe it and I'm um, kind of rambling a little bit, but back to kind of where I see things like growth driven companies or growth oriented companies do a really good job of leveraging debt uh, for that growth. And what you've seen over the last couple of months is those growth companies have gotten hit really, really hard because of the increase in interest rates. But those are just pretty high level, you know, synopsis thoughts that I have. I level, but when you say, hey, we're going into the weeds, I know you are gone, my friend. Yeah, I admitted um, it this time. Hey, I just you did. Admitted it. You, you let me know up front. So when when you and, and Joe and Zach and Jackson are sitting down, I mean, you guys have over 30 years combined industry experience in this. When you're, say, guessing, like you're... It's, it's more than guessing, right? It's it's right. educated, it's informed, you're looking at history, you're looking at models. It's not like you're throwing a dart at the wall and picking, right? Like you're picking, like you said, value-based companies, companies that have a healthy bottom line, enough probably cash flow to tide them over in, yep. in times of need, stuff like that. 
We, yeah, a hundred percent. So we work with a lot of uh, really great, you know, CFAs. Um, we have an awesome CPA team. Uh, some of the biggest third-party money managers on the planet, um, you know, that help us with the day-to-day trading with, with some of those positions. Um, but yeah, we're not guessing, right? We're in a very sector-driven market. So we're very intentional with the changes that we make for our clients. We have been very intentional with those, with those changes. Um, definitely not a guessing game. Uh, so maybe I misspoke there. But yeah, when we, when we do our monthly or our, every Monday, our weekly uh, advisor meetings together, um, it's high level to start. And then we really get into the nitty gritty in terms of what makes sense and what doesn't make sense. And then usually by the end of the day, we're, we're kind of running down that, that track. I knew it wasn't a guess. I knew it wasn't a guess. I just wanted to clear the air because I was I'm glad like, you cleared the air. Hey, hey, I just, I just hear it a little different, right? I just hear it a little right, different. Right. John's not out here guessing. John, John has a very informed position. Um, yeah. We have the, a process to follow. Yeah. And the, the other thing that you, that you said that kind of struck me is the difference between like good companies and bad companies, like managing debt in, in a way that makes them profitable. I'd like you to uh, touch a little more on that. Like there's good debt and bad debt, right? Like good debt would be like mortgage on a house, right? You're paying on that, but the house is also increasing in value and then bad debt, right? Like having a huge credit card balance and they're charging you, you know, 24%, you know, on the money. How does that relate to looking at like businesses? Is that kind of the same way? Do I have kind of a baseline understanding or is it, am I off? Uh, it's, it's different. It's different. Um, a lot of like growth companies are leveraging like operating debt, so to speak, because they're still in the growth phase of their company, whether they're, you know, whether they have a market capitalization of, you know, hundreds of billions of dollars, um, they're still scaling their business. Right. So, uh, you know, the, the, the operating debt that they're leveraging or like this marketing debt that they're leveraging is they're just investing so many, so much more dollars into their business, um, that they they keep a very a high note uh, on hand, and honestly, it's played off played out really really well for a lot of growth companies over the last ten years. But we're just in a completely different uh, environment from an economic perspective and from a stock market perspective. So that debt is just becoming a lot more costly to these companies, and in simple terms, it's impacting their bottom line. Okay, thanks for clearing that up for me. That helps Definitely. me understand it a, li- a little bit more. I'm not a financial advisor, obviously. I'll leave that yeah. to, to you. <laughs> but uh, but that does help me understand it a, a little bit more. Um, John, I was talking to a lady the other day, a client um, that we have out of Texas. And, okay. uh, and she said that uh, her husband and her, they just purchased a 100-year-old hotel. Hundred year old hotel. They're gonna they're gonna refurbish it. It's got six rooms. It sounds really cool. Um, Late strong lady of faith. She wants it to be used like in some kind of faith based thing for their community. Really cool. But got me thinking like who buys who buys a hotel in their retirement? It got me thinking like what is the most I guess that's a planned expense, right? You don't just happen to trip and fall into the purchase of a hotel. That's I would think that would be a pretty thought out thing. Uh, but what, like, what would be the most, the biggest unforeseen cost in retirement that a lot of people just don't see coming? That if they're not careful, um, their retirement could get derailed. 
I think it's twofold. Actually, there's three, there's, it's, there's three, three, three answers to that question. I think the biggest one is going to be healthcare, right? Uh, and specifically, uh, like long-term care expenses. Uh, believe it or not, like if you just group healthcare expenses as a whole, um, if you compare it to any other cost and goods service, you know, in our, our economy, it's uh, the fastest growing cost um, act like by a far and large margin than anything else over the last 20 years. But long-term care is definitely going to be the number one unforeseen expense. And uh, actually, t- traditionally speaking, less and less companies, I actually only know two companies that write traditional long-term care insurance because of you know how much it costs. But I, I might be mis- misquoting it here, but on average today for a decent uh, facility, uh, about $200 a day of care, eight to $10,000 a month. And on average, if you need any type of long-term care, uh, you'll be there for about two to three years. So you can do the math. Uh, I mean, that's hundreds of thousands of dollars uh, that could, you know, have an impact, you know, not only on our own, you know, retirement, but also our legacy if we're wanting to leave one. So um, that's usually the most unexpected expense. I believe taxes, uh, everyone knows that I'm a tax fanatic. Um, and I think that taxes are are the most unexpected expense in retirement. And, you know, maybe a lot of our listeners or watchers are thinking to themselves, how is that possible? And it's really just, you know, required minimum distributions, like that's going to cause a lot of the unnecessary taxation. And depending on, you know, the, the particular scenario, estate tax should be a big concern as well. Um, but lastly, one of the other unexpected expenses is sequence of return risk, right? We talk about that a lot in our office, but um, we, you know, those that have enjoyed this 10 year, 12 year run of really great growth in the stock market, uh, for those that are like retiring now or just recently retired, that are taking the same type of risk that they were five, 10 years ago, I would definitely be taking a second look at our portfolios because it sounds cheesy, but like we're not here to hit home runs at this stage of the game, right? We're here to hit singles and doubles and live this retirement lifestyle that, that we've dreamed of without taking unnecessary risks. And sequence of return risk will be the knockout blow to, to one's retirement. So I believe that's an unexpected expense that's often overlooked. It's crazy to see at your events, John, how many people start frantically taking notes when you hit, <laughs> when you start talking about that sequence of return risk. Um, yeah. Something that I certainly didn't know about, um, or at least know that it had a name. But uh, right, right. Can, let me see if I have this right. It's continually taking money out of your retirement accounts as the market's going down. So your account's losing value, and then you're continuing to withdraw money, therefore decreasing the account. And it just, there's a slide we show, and Mm -hmm. it's the same average rate of return for both couples, but one couple runs out of money way before the other one. Um, Just goes to show that the average rate of return that a lot of companies out there are, are selling maybe isn't that shiny. Correct. Correct. I mean, I think, um, so compounding interest is so powerful, right? And it can work in our favor, even while we're taking distributions. Um, but as soon as you're, so if you're down even just five to 10%, and then you're also pulling out a two, three, 4% distribution from it, you're, you're effectively realizing losses on that, that money that you're taking a distribution from, but you're also effectively reducing your compounding interest power on those dollars. And it just, it takes a lot more gains to offset lesser losses. And what I mean by that is, is if I had a 10% loss, a 10% gain is not going to offset that, you know, more than likely I'll need a 15% gain or something a little bit higher. Um, that's the concept. So that along with actually taking money out 
it just becomes an extremely slippery slope that some folks just don't have enough time to recover from if they're if they're taking unnecessary risks or they just don't have a portfolio that's positioned well um, for their retirement needs. And if you need the money and that's the only spot to take it from, you, you're kind of stuck, right? So it Amen. kind of, it lends itself to, you got to have a plan in place before you get to that point to yeah, help, yeah. to I'm, help mitigate some of that risk. Yeah. I mean, and I think that's just, it's, that's the power of working with a financial advisor, right. To have those tough conversations. Um, I had a, a client that I recently onboarded a few weeks ago, just an awesome person. And she sent me this email yesterday, yesterday evening. And she said, John, this is why I hired you. And this is why I'm like, so appreciative of you. And like, it honestly, it really like melted my heart a little bit, made me feel good. But it was like, why, uh, you know, folks should work with a financial advisor. And it was just, it's a lot more than performance, right? It, it's a lot more than performance. And I think she was really genuine when, when she sent me that and it meant a lot to me, but that's the power of, of working with, with a financial advisor that, especially one that's going to take a look at our situation from a holistic perspective to once again, prevent unnecessary risks. When you're 20 or 30 years old, you know, long-term growth and accumulation is, is going to be one of the best tools to build wealth. But when you're at this point in time, for, the, for most of the folks that come into our office, like they're at the finish line or they're darn close. So if you're at the finish line, right, if you're on the last lap of the Daytona 500 and you got a 20 second lead, is it, is it worth, you know, stomping it all the way to the, to the floor and taking an unnecessary risk around the corner? No, let's just get it to the finish line. And like, that's the comparison that I like to use. Like if we're already there, like it's not worth the unnecessary risk knowing that, uh, you could lose everything you have. That's that's super important. Working with a good financial advisor who's looking at everything. Do you know somebody? Do you know? Do you know? A good <laughs> um, gosh, what's his name? Uh, John. John. John, uh, John. I can't pronounce that last name, but uh, he seems like a decent guy. So. All right. All right. Well, uh, I'll let you go. But first, I caught that racing analogy. You racing this weekend? Man, uh, weather has not been our friend. Uh, and I actually haven't even been on the track. We've tried three different times. Weather has not been our friend. So I actually have pretty stacked weekends. Actually, this weekend, uh, my cousin, shout out to Kyle. Uh, we have a bachelor party for him in Milwaukee. Uh, but then after that, it is back-to-back weekends of racing, which I'm super stoked about. But uh, as many of you probably know, we've done a lot of changes to the car. So totally going in blind. Uh, so I'm anxious to kind of see how things play out, but, you know, I'm confident and, you know, my father's abilities and my abilities. So really excited about it. Hey, I'm excited for you, man. That's going to be <laughs> awesome. Uh, we need to do an episode with you in the, in the driver's seat, <laughs> answering questions right. about right, the car. Right. Um, oh, shoot. yeah, we can, uh, we can do that at another time, but, uh, today we'd like to thank our presenting sponsor rooted wealth advisors. If you had any questions about anything you heard today, give them a call uh, about today's show. It's 815-918-4727. You can also get your copy of your retirement lifeblood. It's free. John helped write a chapter in this on tax buckets. Be sure to check it out. Uh, That's it for us today. Uh, We'll see you next time. Until then, keep digging in. This was Digging In Podcast. Presented by Rooted Wealth Advisors.